guys say hi. <laughs>
in a bill, but it's not a section that's being proposed to change. So I think people don't always understand that. So that's the most important thing about reading a bill. It's a good description. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Will you talk about the bill tracker for those of us who are oh trying goodness. to keep up with this? This is my favorite tool of the legislature. So if you go to nebraska.gov slash bill tracker, you have to set up a little account. It takes you 30 seconds. It's nothing. Set up your little account and you can plug in the bill numbers for up to 15 bills. And every time something happens with the bill, so let's say a senator adds their name to the bill or a hearing is scheduled or a vote is taken on the bill, you will get an email. And so the way you find your bill numbers is you go to the website for the legislature, nebraskalegislature.gov, find your bill, and then plug it into your bill tracker. Or if you're reading a news article, they usually include the bill number there. And so plug it in. Um, you know, and it is your responsibility as a person who lives in Nebraska in a unicameral system. It's your responsibility to be making sure you're paying attention. Yeah, let's say that again because this is pretty cool and unique. Like, remember, I'm an Iowegian by birth, <laughs> and uh, this is not how it is in Iowa. <laughs> is that on the birth certificate? Yeah, Do they it put is that now. on there? I'm gonna have it altered. Um, <laughs> so in Iowa, right, there are two house. Uh, state house and so you don't get to go and testify as a citizen and um, in Nebraska that is really cool but really important work and it says over the top of the capitol doors the salvation of the state is watchfulness of the citizen mm -hmm. and we truly believe that in Nebraska government and that when you are reading and hearing like that is crazy you really have got to find the time to call and write and show up whenever you can and talk. Um, several of us here have done it. Mm -hmm. um, Melody, tell them a little bit about what it's like and how to prepare to testify. Because okay. it sounds scary, but it really isn't. Yeah, absolutely. So here's how you get started. You've gone to the NebraskaLegislature.gov. You have found the bill that piques your interest. You want to advocate for it or you want to fight against it or maybe you just know a lot about the topic and you want to make sure that the policymakers have the most current information about the topic and you're not for or against you just want to make sure they have the information and that's called being neutral you can advocate in any of those three ways so what happens is you find out when the hearing is and we have hearings starting on um the majority of hearings Tuesday. are starting on, yeah, they're starting this week. Uh, Friday, January 25th is going to be a big day. I think there's six different committees in session that day. Mm -hmm. So find out which committee, when you click on the bill, when you look up your bill number at nebraskalegislature.gov, it will tell you which committee and the date of the hearing if there is one scheduled. And every bill will have a hearing. So this is also unique about Nebraska, this is not true in every state. In Nebraska, every bill has a hearing. So if there's not one scheduled yet, when you go look, it will be soon. So set up your bill tracker so you get an email. You don't have to go check every day. Just let technology send you the email. Um, once, you, once it's scheduled, find out the committee. Again, it's on that bill page on the website. And then when it is scheduled, you have 
two ways to advocate. You can show up to the hearing room mm-hmm. during the hearing day, or you can send an email. If you send an email, you have to send it by 5 o'clock the day before. And you need to send it to the chair of the committee and explicitly say, this is my testimony for the record. So that they know it's not just your opinion and your feedback. It is actually you want it on the record, that you were for it, opposed it, had neutral information. Do they read it out loud at that point at the at the hearing? or They won't read it out loud, but if someone requests all of the written testimonies, it will be provided as part of the public hearing file. So that's really important. Um, what I like to do if I'm going to be sending something in by email, I like to send it to the committee chair. I also send it to the whole committee just to make sure there's no miscommunication And I always CC my own state senator, even if they're not on the committee, Mm -hmm. because I want them to know one of their constituents has a feeling about a specific piece of legislation. Um, And I think they weigh that heavily if that bill makes it out of committee and they take a vote on it later. So kind of that's my that's my feedback there. If you decide to go to a hearing, there's two different ways you can advocate. You can go and sit in the chair and speak testimony out loud to the committee. Um, They might ask you questions, although usually they don't, but they can, so you should be prepared to to answer questions if they have any. And then the other way is if you don't want to give a long version of your opinion and you simply just want to be on the record as support, oppose, or neutral, there's a sign-in sheet by the door where you put the bill number, your name and address, and then you write your position. So that's the third way you could advocate. But you do have to be in the legislature building, in the Capitol building that day to do that method. So, April, have you ever actually testified on a bill? Oh, yes, I have. Walk me through it. Like, your first time. Like, okay. what went down? So I'm not, it's funny, I'm, you know, educator, so I'm in front of students a lot. But being in front <laughs> of an audience is still a little bit nerve-wracking, but you do what you gotta do. And uh, you want to bring, if you can, bring some printed copies of your testimony. I feel like I have to have it written down. I can't go off the cuff. Some people do, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to be able to do that. Um, if you bring printed copies, you can bring enough for the committee. Like, usually it's like eight, I want to say. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you sign up on the sheet in the back, and so they know you're there. And then, um, you know, after they've done their little talking, they'll say, is there anybody, I believe, don't they go oppose, no, in support first, right? Mm-hmm. They'll call people in support, and then they'll, one at a time, come up to the chair and chat, and you have a little light and I think you get three minutes. Three minutes. And there'll be a little warning light, like for your last minute to talk. So if you really feel strongly and you have a lot to say, practice reading it and time yourself if you want to try and get it done in three minutes. They will cut you off. They will cut you off. And um, then you say your little spiel. I've testified maybe, I'm guessing like maybe four times. And I was asked like, the teeniest, tiniest question the first time, and then the second time I was asked a factual question, and I did know the answer, so that helped. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I've heard people say, like, well, I'm not actually, for instance, a vet, so I can't answer that question. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Like, you can say that. So, Stephanie, have you ever gone and testified in person in the state legislature? I have. I've never testified. I have. Uh, Ooh, we're gonna watch this year. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, not at the legislature at city council. I have, but it's like city council, really. The only difference is you sit. It's dark in there. It's weird. They're always like no. these dark, really quiet so, rooms, and there's cameras. If lots of people show up, do they allow everyone who did show up to testify? Absolutely. Ah, yes. Everyone has a right to speak, although the only time you might not be able to speak is, one, you don't have the fortitude to wait it out till it gets to you. Mm -hmm. um, if something is, if people have strong feelings in the state about something, there might be many, many testifiers. The other way that they can actually cut off testimony and say people cannot testify is if something reaches all the way to midnight they can end the legislative day. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. I think maybe it happened with a budget conversation last year. It either happened or they got really close to happening. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not typical. Uh, judiciary probably has uh, some of the longest hearings, but, you know, the, the system is designed so that everyone gets to speak. So unless it goes till midnight, if you have the time to wait for your turn, you're going to get a turn. And honestly, the longer I sit there, the more I'm like, oh, I ain't leaving. Like, I don't care what that babysitter's charging. I ain't leaving. I know. No. If there's a chance it's my turn's coming, I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm not doing it. Yep. I'm not leaving. You will it's hear true. me. <laughs> And if you're with a group of people and you're all testifying on the same topic, in the same position, you know, you guys can sort out amongst yourself. The committee does not tell you when it's your turn. It's like people in the audience are kind of just coming up one at a time. Um, and it's it's really informal what the order is. So you mm -hmm. might be able to go a little sooner yeah. if you tell your people that you have your a reason you want to go before them. They'll probably let you. Um, you will see senators sometimes come and go, which can be a little unnerving. You're like, why is he gone? Or like, I like that guy. I want him to hear me. Or that guy, I don't agree with him. Why is he leaving? I want him to hear me. Uh, but that's because there will be multiple committee hearings and things going on at the same time. So it doesn't mean anything. They'll follow up. It, they'll still be called for a vote. But Yeah, they might be presenting bills in other hearing right. rooms where they have to go and... Uh, speak about their own bills and other committees and they want to listen to testifiers about legislation they've put forth that went to mm -hmm. another committee so definitely don't take any of that personally another thing is hearings usually begin at 1 30 um so it's usually afternoon or if when it continues we've been there late evenings before haven't we melody yes and um that they have regularly scheduled rooms and meeting days for each committee although they can sometimes meet you know, somewhere else. Generally, you know that, say, the military and veterans affairs meets in room 1507, right? Yeah. And, and it, you know, don't let that bog you down. When you go into the state capitol, they'll help you. <laughs> go to the middle of the building. There's a giant circular desk, and there are people there and say, I want to go to the committee hearing for a bill about marijuana. 
and they will know, they will be able to look at the agenda and say, go down this hallway, take a turn, it's room one, two, three, four, five, and and they will help you. So do not get stressed out that you're not gonna find it. And if you're traveling in from far away, make sure you've called your senator ahead of time so that they will have a meeting with you while you're in town. Um, you know, just always let your senator know what you're up to, even if you think they don't agree with your position. Um, it is their duty to hold a meeting with you if you've come in from, especially if you're outside of Lincoln. I mean, my goodness, you know, I can't imagine they would tell you no. But if you ever do try to schedule a meeting with your senator when you've come in from out of town, let us know because we want to talk to you and we will talk about that <laughs> because that is not appropriate. They have a duty to speak to you. So, all right. Now we know how it works. Everybody's going to go to NebraskaLegislature.gov. Everybody's going to go to Nebraska.gov slash Bill Tracker and set up your Bill Tracker email. We're all sorted out there. I just did mine. Yay! <laughs> so, what bills do we care about? What's, well, what's the first one you want to go in order with? You know, there is a hearing for... There's a hearing on Friday the 25th for medical marijuana. I think that's going to be a hot hearing. Yep. LB 110. That's Legislative Bill 110. So if you need a bill number, they always say LB followed by a number. LB 110. So... What is the intent we, of the bill in case there's anybody under a rock who doesn't know? <laughs> no offense. If Legalized medical marijuana in our state and... I think that this might actually be pretty successful this year. So there's it's been some... happening at states around mm -hmm. us, so it seems like a natural well, progression. And there might be that. some people that are on our legislature who don't want uh, full legalization of marijuana in our state, and by doing medical pot, they might be able to keep it off the ballot in 2020. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So I didn't even think about that strategy. Uh, it'll be real interesting to see how this mm -hmm. pans out. And so, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that because, yeah, like... People want, people want medical marijuana, but once it gets to the ballot, I mean, who wouldn't vote for just legalize the whole thing, right. you know? And they, they don't want that. Well, so. and, and even, even legalizing medical marijuana, this legislative session might not stop that train from yeah. rolling. Yeah, the, bill, state. the bill, right, medical means it has to be um, prescribed by a licensed yep. medical doctor. Yep. And I'm looking here, and it looks like it is... Qualify, it has a list of qualifying medical conditions. So you're not going to be like, I have acne, I need pot. Mm -hmm. Right? But like your glaucoma, um, cancer, if it underlying condition, if the underlying condition or treatment produces um, severe pain, nausea, mm -hmm. uh, glaucoma, Tourette's, ALS, uh, Crohn's disease, right? So big things, Parkinson's, lupus. Oh, look at this. Anxiety. Terminal or any illness. other Terminal illness. illness with a probable life expectancy of under one year. No, it says any other illness for which cannabis provides relief as determined by the practicing medical health care well, practitioner. That is some good language. Because, so here's like, this is interesting. Well, what we're seeing in the technology field is because 
often policy will be a finite list. When the technology changes, the law gets out of date. Mm -hmm. So by putting a sentence like that for anything the medical provider deems acceptable, um, you're saying we don't know what kind of research is going to come out in three years or five years or 20 mm -hmm. years, but we don't want to have to go back and relitigate the law every single time. Um, it's interesting because you're seeing it with like um, taxi laws, for example, because there's, certain, there's been taxi laws in the books. They're having to rewrite them all because of like Uber and Lyft. Because no one could have imagined someone could be their own taxi cab ver via a cell phone oh app God. in a computer in your pocket. Have you seen that meme? It's like you 1998, know, so mom, whatever you do, don't meet a stranger on the internet. And then like 2018, literally summons a stranger to your house on the internet and give you a ride somewhere. Right. So Who would have imagined? So it's just an interesting thing that happens at the policy level. They try to write the law for the best they know, but you can't predict what is yet unimagined in technology and, and medical science and all of that kind of stuff. So. And it's a responsible law, what I'm reading here. I mean, they still have, does not prevent penalties for some reasonable limits with this. Like, you can't use it on a school bus, on a, pre, on a school facility. <laughs> you can't use it on public transportation or in public mm -hmm. parks, even outdoors. Like, if it's medicine, you do it at home, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Which I think those uh, medical marijuana laws are becoming pretty standard across the country. Yeah, like, we're not, this isn't terribly new territory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I'm looking forward to hearing the hearing. I don't think I'm going to go. Um, are you guys going to go? I'm going to try to go down. I don't know if I'll be speaking. There are lots and lots of people that have important things to say on Friday, so... Well, I listened to the hearing last year, and my eyes were welling up. There was a man who had served in the military, mm -hmm. suffered serious chronic pain, and was talking about the only thing he could legally get were opioids to help with the pain, but they made him violent, and he had hurt his intimate partner, he'd hurt his children, um, the, so the only thing he will take, because he doesn't want to be that kind of man, the only thing he'll take are, you know, is cannabis. And so he breaks the law every day, but his only alternatives are be in serious chronic pain or take the legal medicine, which makes him violent. And it was horrible. It was a horrible thing um, to hear. It was really moving and emotional testimony. So I bet we'll hear more stories like that this time around. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the legislature is moved to do something. What I think is really interesting about this bill is every single senator gets one priority bill a year. It's a big deal. Like we said earlier, there are almost 500 bills and we still have a week left of bill introduced. But explain priority bill. What does that mean? So what it means is out of the, we'll probably get 800 bills, only 49 of them will be senator priority bills, and then the chair gets another 25, and then each committee gets 10, I believe. What priority bills get? And what it means is they, if your priority bill, if you say something's a priority bill, a committee is more likely to uh, work really hard to get it out of committee. 
Um, it also means to get this, to the floor debate. To get to the floor, yep. Because the first hurdle of any bill is to get out of committee, and mm-hmm. some of them do, and some of them don't, and there's a lot of reasons for that. If it gets to the floor, you then need it scheduled for debate, and that's up to the speaker. Well, if the speaker has two bills and he can only schedule one, he's going to pick the priority bill. Mm-hmm. And so, and senators only get one, right? So Anna Wisher, this is the Medical Cannabis Act, is her bill. She introduced it on the 10th. She made it her priority bill on the 11th. Mm-hmm. It didn't even have a hearing until January 17th. Hearing is on Friday, January 25th. Um, that's pretty unusual to have a priority bill this early on. Usually they wait until committees are kind of well underway and they kind of see what the political landscape is in the legislature. Um, so they, it's unusual to have a priority bill this early. She is not messing around, so I would expect a strong fight yep. to pass this. She does have two years to churn it through. We are starting a, a biennium. Every bill introduced this year has a t- two years to make it through. Unless it gets to a vote that totally kills it, it's got two years to work through the process. So anything that might be difficult to pass, they will put forward now. Next year, the bills they put forward are either to make political statements or things they think are easier to pass. Mm-hmm. Um because you get a two-year cycle after the end of two years, every bill that didn't pass is killed, and we start over from scratch, which is where we're at now. We're mm-hmm. starting from scratch. So that's, that's some good information. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a legislative nerd. <laughs> what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very interesting. So, medical marijuana. If you want to send written testimony, anybody can send it. You just need to send it to the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee, and you can look it up on nebraskalegislature.gov. And um, actually, no, I'm sorry, it's the Judiciary Committee. Strike that. It is the Judiciary Committee. And the chair is Steve Lathrop. So um, that's how you'll... And make sure you do it by 5 o'clock the day before. Make sure you say, this is my testimony for the official record. CC the rest of the Judiciary Committee. CC your own senator. And get your testimony in. Or come to Lincoln. Either one. You have choices. All right, let's talk about another good bill we're looking for. Megan Hunt, brand new, hot off the ballot. Mm -hmm. Lots of good stuff out there. Megan Hunt. I'm like, I just, I have dreamed of the day we would elect someone who would show up and just be proud about inclusion and equal rights and civil rights and she's just not messing around she's not messing around i love it yep she's got lb 170 to um, repeal taxes on feminine hygiene products oh interesting she got some grief from the trans community about the feminine hygiene tax right because um the language is not inclusive enough. So she's already committed. She's going to add an amendment to change it to menstrual hygiene mm-hmm. instead of tying it to a gender. So anyone who menstruates shouldn't have to pay taxes on their mm-hmm. um, toiletries. Right. So I thought that was really cool. I love that she yeah. got some public she pressure. She handled that really well. And she responded. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference, folks. Speak up. 
LB-167 she introduced to ban conversion therapy for LGBTQ people. And that, I expect that would be some pretty heartfelt testimony mm -hmm. in I support would of that ban. So. And she wants to raise tipped wages. Because they have been raised in... For the first time in a generation. <laughs> generation. Tell the story, Stephanie. Well, I, I said I, I I was paid two thirteen an hour back when I was in, you know, just out of high school. And it actually, I read it, it's been $2.13 for 28 years. Wow. That's crazy. For 28 years. And she wants to increase it by like $2 over the next two years or something. I thought it was 50%. It, she was tying it to the minimum, minimum wage. wage. It will okay. always be 50% of the minimum wage. With the idea being tipped workers should not have to come begging at the table. When you do better for workers, it should include tipped mm -hmm. workers. Right. So she's tying yeah. their wages to just the regular minimum wage. That makes sense. Then you don't have to have a bill about this every dang time. Yeah, right. right. Like, it makes sense. Right. We shouldn't have to be pitting, you know, working people against each other. You're like, no, we're fighting for tipped wage now. No, we're fighting for minimum wage now. Like, we all do better when we come together. Right. <laughs> right. And I, I appreciate that our legislators are drafting bills that can kind of self-perpetuate instead of having to be addressed and um, later so that they can be functional. I love it. So the tipped wages bill is LB40. The menstrual hygiene uh, no, it's bill. 400. Oh, 400. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> I missed a zero. LB400 is tipped wages. <laughs> LB170 is menstrual hygiene, uh, removing the tax. Um, and then banning conversion therapy is LB167. Also, a side note, if you're looking for a really interesting podcast, there's one called Unerased Everywhere Pods Are, and it is the history of conversion therapy in America. Um, a small spoiler alert, the guy who was the pioneer in conversion therapy very early on and like made it what it is today, he is now an out gay man living with his husband in Texas, and he is... Good for him. Outrageously <laughs> opposed to the whole practice. Well, I guess people can grow and change. I something. So so anyway, if that is I something mean, I hope you, he's working if you want to be more stop what he did, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. we can make mistakes and we can work to. Yeah, but it's a really great podcast. It's uh, heart wrenching in moments. It's informative in others, but it's called Unerased. I'd recommend it. So another bill. For Friday, January 25th, people can testify on if they want. Breastfeeding. Yay. Breastfeeding. What we love. exactly? What about it? <laughs> it's making, I mean, we love it, but what's, what's the bill? It's making life better for women. Um, so Senator Blood, who is from Bellevue, Senator Hunt is from Omaha. Mm -hmm. uh, Blood is from Bellevue. Her bill is also about removing taxes that primarily women are paying. Um, which is for breast pumps and related supplies. And also um, cleaning up some language in the indecent exposure bill about to explicitly exempt breastfeeding from public indecency offenses. We currently, every woman in Nebraska is allowed to breastfeed her baby everywhere she's allowed to be. Um, they can't tell you that you are in a place you can't breastfeed. That's just illegal. 
but you are not explicitly exempted from public indecency. So if someone does get a little nip-nip look, maybe they have grounds to accuse you of flaunting, flaunting the ladies, um, which is of course absurd. So, so I love this. Um, I, I'm not sure if anybody's actually getting public decency, indecency offenses. My guess is no, but it's always nice to clean up language if she's yeah. in that type of well, because that law bill, anyway. To make it clear that you could breastfeed anywhere you're legally allowed to be was not that long ago that right. it was implemented, so they're cleaning up. I also think it's just good to remind everyone, one thing that bills do, even whether or not they pass, is they create public dialogue about the issue of the bill. And it's good to be reminded, Nebraska women and people visiting Nebraska um, or anybody breastfeeding, right? If we want to use more inclusive language, right? Anybody breastfeeding, you have a right to breastfeed wherever you're allowed to be. And nobody can tell you that you have to leave or cover up. They cannot tell you that um, and hold legal ground. So that's important, and it's just a good reminder for that. So that hearing's on Friday. It's LB13 is her bill. So I hope we get a lot of public support for that. Um, let's. Here, I've, got, I've got a real neat one that I came across this afternoon I wanted to bring up because I haven't heard anything about it on Do social it. media. Oh, yeah. So uh, Wendy DeBoer, who's out of Omaha, awesome. along with Omaha some is other, bringing it this year. Some other fantastic I a legislators. Lot of calls for these people. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> patting myself on the back. Go on, go on. Uh, Kate Bowles, uh, Kavanaugh, Howard, Hunt, and Panzing Brooks, and it is to All change. Women. What's the LB? Powerful number? LB 426. I'm really excited about this. Okay. Allow. A uh, minor child to be adopted by two adult persons or one adult person in our state. And it would clean up a lot of the language in there because it says things about adoption about her husband and things. And so it just cleans up the language and makes it so that, you know, two people who are in a committed long-term relationship could adopt a child um, without having to be married, which I can tell you would significantly impact a dear friend of mine who is unable to have children. Um, her and her partner been together for... I don't know, 10 years, and this would make it so that um, they would be able to adopt. And so I think it's fantastic, and I really appreciate what um, Wendy and, excuse me, Senator DeBoer and these uh, women are bringing to the table this year. That's amazing. That's really exciting. What did you say the bill number was? LB-426. All right, add it to your bill tracker. All right, I got another one. Uh... Omaha Senator Justin Wayne has LB83, mm, which would yeah. restore voting rights upon completion of your felony sentence or probation. Currently, Nebraska, there were some states that banned you for life from voting, even after you've served mm -hmm. your time. Like Florida recently overturned this through a ballot initiative. Uh, I believe, I don't know Iowa's current situation, but they're looking at overturning it also. But Nebraska right now, you have to wait two years after your probation before you can um, be eligible to vote. And Senator Wayne wants to overturn that so that you could immediately vote as soon as you're done with, with serving your, your time. With your parole? Probation or, or parole. felony sentence, okay. says. So what's interesting about this bill is, so last year we had a oh, very... Oh, it does say including parole. I'm mm -hmm. so sorry. So what's interesting about the Senator Wayne bill about voting rights, he passed it out of the legislature last year. It was a nasty partisan body. Mm -hmm. The senators were fighting about everything, but they did agree on this. 
and it went to the governor's desk and Governor Ricketts vetoed it. Yep. And he wasn't able to get <gasps> enough votes to Tell override. Her I know. I know, but what I find real funny is he had enough votes to get it out of the legislature and I think that I mean it was his first, you know, or his whatever second year, first session in the legislature, and then I think that some of those fine legislators, if you will, um, knew that the governor was going to veto it and did it so that they could try to maybe get Justin Wayne's support on some other things. Um, I don't like the way this handled. I think it was pretty uh, ugly. Yeah, I think there was some shady stuff going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, there's always a little bit of, you help me, I'll help you. See, my I mean, not it's so politics. Not so bad. But I don't think it, uh, everyone got what they promised. No, no. There was no honor among thieves. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing is, you know, when it came back for that voting rights bill, they could not... Senators know if you override the governor's veto, he will buy you out of office. Mm -hmm. He will fund your opponent because he is a petty, petty Mm -hmm. child man. Little man. (laughs) He's just petty. And it's like if you you build a taller block tower than he built, then he just knocks over all the blocks and then he doesn't let anybody play with blocks anymore. Who else does that remind you of? I'm thinking of He's Cheetos. Orange. <laughs> Where's those cheese balls? Didn't you have those? Yeah. Out I thought today? we were eating yeah. cheese balls. Time. Yeah. All right. I got another bill I want to talk about. It's chaping my hide, so to speak. <laughs> chaping. <laughs> Yikes. LB73. It has been introduced by Senator Erdman. It'll be in a hearing right away on Tuesday, January 22nd. Where's, where is this, that senator out of? Do we know? Um, oh, Lord. Don't put me on the spot right now. Someone look it up while I talk. Um, but <laughs> Senator Erdman's bill will come out right away here on the 22nd, and it's, it's possible this podcast you know, won't even be out mm-hmm. in time. But let's just say what it is. Um, oh, from Baird. I'm so sorry. He's from Baird. He wants Nebraska's public schools to display the national motto, quote, in God we trust. And the bill says in each classroom or prominent place in each school building, quote, where each student shall be able to see and read it each day school is in session. It also, in anticipation of being challenged as unconstitutional, um, requires the Nebraska Attorney General to defend school districts in civil litigation related to the motto. So it's like in his bill, he's already saying, well, it's probably going to be challenged as unconstitutional, so I'll just write right in and, that the Attorney General has to this, defend it. And this wasn't even, you know, this was something that was taken as a national motto in the late 50s during the Cold yeah. War. So it seems like a strange artifact to bring into our public schools. Well, I think there's a, just a general trend, and this is something we've been talking about on the Seeing Red blog for the past year, is this, like, McCarthyism mm-hmm. attack on public education. And we know, what we know is that this, it is, has nothing to do with the quality of public education. What this really is about at the root cause, when he does a bill like this, it's because he's trying to push out the idea that public schools are not 
patriotic that they are not doing their part to educate children in um, you know how to be good neighbors and how to be good citizens and because what they want to do ultimately is defund public schools and enrich private coffers with public money so anything they can do to try to cast a shadow of doubt on the school on the public school system that's really what this is about and it's just to tout out this like oh well why would you oppose the national motto well, I'll tell you why. Because we have a separation of church and state. And we do yeah. not have state-run schools mm-hmm. with any religion or the idea of religion endorsed in a public school. This is ridiculous. It's it's actually a it project is, blitz by the Congressional Prayer Caucus. That's right. And it's being proposed, <laughs> surprise, right now in other states. Yep. The exact same yep. bill. It's being fed from some, mm-hmm. what's the word I'm looking for? Think tank. Think tank. And they're floating it around, and Erdman has taken it upon himself. And, and they say it's not, you know, about bringing religion to the school, but the foundation who's doing this huge project blitz, um, their goal is to protect the free exercise of traditional Judeo-Christian religious values and beliefs in public square and to reclaim and properly define the narrative which supports such beliefs, which seems really counterintuitive to it not being about religion. I mean, it's actually just insane to say, (laughs) like, everybody, not everybody, that's too strong of a point, but, like, the majority of policymakers at every layer of government in the nation, from the president all the way down to your city council and your school board... Almost all of those people are part of the Judeo-Christian belief system. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to say you have to protect that system yeah. from who? Mm-hmm. From and, what? What is like, In God we trust, like, there are religions that believe in many gods. There mm-hmm. are people who have no religious affiliation, and they all belong in our public schools and all are welcome and all should feel comfortable and yep. accepted in our public schools. There is zero place for this. There, there were two big things that I always felt like we were taught in civics and history when I was growing up American history was the separation of church and state and the balance of power with our government in Washington. And it seems like those two institutions are becoming very muddied right now. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. Well, we're not going to stand for it. We're not going to so, stand for it. I saw a kind of funny letter to the editor in the Lincoln Journal Star this morning because I actually received the Sunday paper and read it mm-hmm. when I drink coffee because I'm basically 70 years old. But I don't mm-hmm. care because I, I really love it. It's a, like a, I love to do that Sunday mornings. And there was a good letter to the editor where they were advocating to update, amend this bill by Erdman to say, God in God's plural with an S, we trust, to account for all the different ways people hold, um, you know, a higher power, mm-hmm. including including Native religions mm-hmm. where they are, there are more than one. So kind of recognizing that everybody kind of comes to it from a different place and making it plural. But that was an interesting idea. I wonder, I wonder what Erdman, Erdman thought, if maybe he'll <laughs> propose that amendment. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. We also have LB 343, Adopt the School Safety Rapid Response Option Act, um, which would give school districts 
the option to decide if they want to allow school employees to carry concealed handguns. Mm. And um, it's not up on the calendar yet, but it has been referred to the Judiciary Committee. And I just want to bring it up because I want you all to know that this is the narrative they're trying to make normal. That, oh, we should need more guns in schools. That's the problem. There are not enough guns in schools. And um, they're, they're going to use this as a, oh, well, this saves money because it's cheaper than a school resource officer. Um, and I'm, let me just tell you that, like, experienced, professional, well-trained police officers have a hard time hitting the mark in a crisis situation. And there have been mistakes, and there are ricochets, <laughs> and there are all kinds of problems that can come um, in this situation. And to, to think that an educator um, or a staff person is somehow going to be able to neutralize a threat, not only a threat, but like a child they're responsible for and know and care for on a daily basis um, is insane. And I'm just repeating last time, I'm not having it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Who, who's, who, who brought that in? Halloran. Halloran. And I have a question. So in these committees, we were discussing this earlier, um, they're usually, what, seven member committees? Yeah, I think so. And is it five or seven? No, I think it's seven. And then they get out of committee by being brought to a vote. How does that work? Just real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, I, of course, I've never, like, been in the back room with the committees, but <laughs> what it seems like from the outside is There's one. There's eight on the Judiciary Committee. Okay. But. So there's a... When a bill comes up and there's a public hearing, what's really important to know is there is no vote that is taken in public. All that happens is the committee receives mm-hmm. comment on the legislation. That's it. So um, th- that's step one. Then it goes into committee. The committee then will decide, the chair of the committee will decide when the committee will talk about that bill. And there's a couple different ways that they're looking at it. One is the bill technically sound Mm -hmm. so it might be a great policy that everybody agrees on and everybody wants to see this policy in place but the bill has trash language and so they need to go yeah i mean because it all has to stand up to lawyer scrutiny and maybe all the way up to the supreme court if it's ever challenged so you want strong language Uh, this is why committees specialize so that they can see problems in language because they are specialized in their topic. Um, so they're doing that. They're also wanting to know, like, do they believe this bill should go to the floor and get a debate? Um, and so there's that. And I'm not sure how they make those decisions. I know sometimes in a committee they will have, a, they will have their private committee meeting and then the bill will go out of committee the same day as the hearing. I've mm-hmm. seen that happen before. I've also seen... You never know. The bill's just, they're silent. And you call the chair and you say, hey, what's going on with the bill? And they're like, well, it hasn't been scheduled yet. The committee hasn't discussed it. Um, So that can happen. I think a lot depends on the chair and the committee. Um, It depends on how good the senator who owns the bill is at advocating for their bill to the committee members. Mm -hmm. What it means for Nebraskans, though, is if you really care about a bill one way or the other, maybe you never want it to come out of committee, Maybe you can't wait for it to come out of committee. You need to advocate to the committee, not to your senator. Your senator doesn't care about that bill until it is out of committee. Mm -hmm. That's really important. So 
you know. Because they can't do anything until it's But if you're emailing, just always CC your senator so they know you have strong opinions should it come out of committee. But the committee is where you go. So that's our update on what's going on in the legislature that we found exciting, bills that we're keeping an eye on. Uh, remember that Seeing Red Nebraska, you can follow them on Facebook. Um, and we have the blog that you can follow. There'll be lots of information. We're watching what's going on in the legislature over the next few months. And remember, set up your bill tracker account at www.nebraska.gov slash bill tracker. And then... You can follow lots of things at the NebraskaLegislature.gov. And you can watch live on NET. They have an app. Download their app and watch it live all day. Fly your Unicam flag. Fly it high.